Next up is a product designed to prevent home intruders. Hi, Sharks. I'm Tony, and this is Aaron. And we're from Gilbert, Arizona. Spiders, cockroaches, scorpions, bedbugs, ants, and even rodents. Ooh. <laughs> but these nasty, creepy crawlers do not stand a chance with our product. We're here today to introduce Slick, Slick Barrier. Whatever you're doing right now, I need you to stop what you're doing and give some super claps to two super entrepreneurs that were just in Shark Tank, Super Tony Gonzalez and Super Aaron Gonzalez. Woo! Welcome, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Thank you. Oh, uh, you are both uh, so welcome. So welcome. Thank you so much for reaching out and wanting to come on the show and talk about your experience and uh, business and everything in between. Oh, yeah. We're ready. <laughs> so, all right. So as we always start out, what was your relationship with Shark Tank prior to knowing that you were going to potentially get to go on Shark Tank and potentially get to air? Um, so we it, it was kind of funny. A, a few years before we actually got on the show, this was pre-COVID, they, uh, uh, Shark Tank would go around to local cities and they would have tryouts. So we actually applied for it back then when we first, first started the business. And, uh, and we actually got pretty far in that process. Um, there was about 400 or so people that showed up in Phoenix to try out for the show. Again, this was pre-COVID when people used to do stuff like this, right? And then, uh, and then we, we got through the first uh, three rounds and then we got to the point to where they were really interested. We, we kind of came out of this region and then, um, and then they asked us for a whole bunch of stuff. They like give you literally like a package about this big full of just information you have to get to them. And then we also had to make a, a 20 minute video and we had sent all that in and they said like, all right, well send it all in. And um, if we, if we want to do something with you, we'll, we'll, reach out if we don't then well you just won't hear from us so that was our first experience with shark tank oh and we didn't hear from them and we didn't hear from them. <laughs> but, but but they were intrigued i mean i definitely thought that they thought it was a cool idea but it was pretty early for us we had just kind of started with the concept um and uh and we so it, it was a you know it was a good taste where we thought like hey you know this this is something interesting that they would probably like but it was also a lot of work and then we didn't get anything out of it. So, <laughs> so then fast forward and I could let Tony kind of explain a little bit more on how we actually got on the show the second time around. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously we're fans of the show. We watch it, our kids watch it. Our, I mean, it's just, it's, it's something you do as a family, like everyone else. And, and that's what we've, we've known, we've noticed as we've, we've met people, how they watch it as a family. We were the same way. Um, but it was, it was probably in May of last year and Aaron and I were thinking, cause the product that we, that we make, uh, obviously slick barrier, clear coatings for, uh, pest control. Um, we were just selling it to pest control companies. We weren't selling it to the public. Uh, we did the service ourselves. So if somebody wanted it done, we would do it for them, but we decided we were just going to start boxing it up and selling it to consumers. And as we were thinking about that idea in May, Aaron, he sent me a text. I even, I still have it. And he's like, Hey man, he's like, we should try to get onto Shark Tank with this. And I remember my response was like, damn, that would, that'd be awesome. And then, and then I, as I sat there, I said, you know what? Screw it. I, I don't, I'm not going to look at any application. I'm not going to look at the website. 
I'm just going to start sending content to producers, to uh, casting producers. And I sent a ton of stuff out there. And, uh, and I told Aaron, I said, it'd be nice if we heard from them. And then boom, like maybe two weeks later, we heard something and they said, ah, we, we actually watched one of your videos. We're interested. And, uh, and that started the process. Um, and quite honestly, uh, honestly, we were, um, we were, I, I don't know if we were shocked necessarily because we really like what we do. Um, but I think when we could talk more about it, we were kind of shocked with every email you'd get, you're thinking I'm on shark tank, but you're like, yeah, you're, you're not on shark tank. You got a hundred more steps to go. Mm-hmm. And they always <laughs> tell you that too. They always say like, you guys are on the show until you're actually on the show, but keep working at it. Um, and we just kept working at it, working at it. We sent them a really cool demo video that we were really proud of. And I think after we made that video, we kind of thought in the back of our heads, like, well, worst case scenario, you know, this is going to be good TV, you know, cause we were, you know, you guys obviously saw it. We brought on all the scorpions and the roaches and the rats. So we thought like worst case scenario, you know, I mean, it might not necessarily be something that they think fits the show or the, or the sharks, but it's going to be a cool TV show. Um, so I was pretty confident that once those producers started reaching out and they saw that content and we made that really cool video, um, I thought we had a really, really good ch- chance of getting it. But again, it was like a lot of work and they kept telling you like, you guys aren't on the show until you're on the show, but keep working. You're not. And they kept reiterating that message with us. Well, and then you film it, right? And even though you step off stage and you're excited and they go, you're still not on Shark Tank yet. <laughs> yeah, still not on there yet. We still could pull the plug any second. So we're just like, all right. Yeah, I mean, that that is a uh, a common theme, you know, with with everybody that has been on the show is that you, you just don't know um, until you till three weeks before it's going to air. And and even then, like there could be a massive, um, as we saw last season, uh, when, when Russia, uh, when Russia invaded Ukraine, they they pulled Shark Tank, that Shark Tank episode, uh, to air a, a special talking about it and, and all. So you just never know, like anything could happen. Um, there could be, you know, another OJ Simpson level, you know, parade down the highway yeah. uh that that they cut to instead you know instead you just yeah. don't know what's going to happen so well um, and, and stuff did happen i mean you know we don't have to get into it but but there was some uh there was some some headlines um that day that it aired i think or the day before and um you know and so all the media we they were all interested in us all week long before it aired everybody wanted to talk to us and see us and then breaking news happened and all of a sudden nobody wanted to see us and we we're like oh my gosh you know and they fit us in still but it was they, they were still breaking news yeah well I, exactly so like you just never know what you know what could cut into that and then how long it might push it back and um and then if it ever actually i mean we saw one episode that got pushed back uh, a whole season uh during the COVID season there was a a season or an episode that was filmed in season 11 because season 12 was the first one where they were all spread apart and they put like a disclaimer in the front like hey you know, this was not filmed during this time. And and when you check on like Wikipedia, it shows it was filmed the, the season before it just never aired, which, you know, 
how how devastating could that be? Like, yeah, you you, you, you know you do it, and then it's like you never get the call, you never get the email saying, "Hey, it's it's going live in three weeks," and and then you get COVID happens, and you just don't know, right? Like, if, yeah. is it ever going to happen? And then you wait until a few episodes, uh, six episodes, seven episodes into the season to see it. But so, uh, so you guys, so uh, you guys get go through the the gauntlet um i love that you you took the route of just like putting something together and just like putting it in front of the uh the casting i guess the producers casting producers casting directors um and and uh and enabled them to to see it almost as if it was like their idea oh yeah and you know the funny thing is is we had just finished uh, i just finished reading a book and we had gone to a conference, and there's this kid that wrote this book called like The Back Door, and um, and that's what he talked about. You know, sometimes you have the, the the traditional way of doing things, but sometimes there's always that. I think it's like the back door, the third door. Can't remember what it's called, but 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 for us, we were like, you know what? Let's do that. And so once I started, then Aaron, he just like, all right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna film something. We're gonna give them like all of our content, the craziest things we've done, and uh, and it worked. Yeah, and and that I mean that's one of the times you know the the guerrilla marketing tactics, right? Uh, I mean that's a great uh, book and series of books uh, that if you're looking at how can I go and get my get my way without like going uh, a traditional route or how everybody else is doing it, you know that is uh, what you need to be doing is you know go go left when everyone's going right. Um, so okay, so you're going through the process. Uh, talk about how you were balancing that process with, you know, cause in your case, uh, was, uh, Tony, you're, uh, you're, you're the lawyer, right? I am. Yes. So you, how are you balancing being a lawyer, apply, you know, get going through the gauntlet of applying to get to Shark Tank and, uh, and, and working with Slick Barrier? I mean, it's, it's difficult. That's for sure. Because for me, it's like, um, I mean, I have, I have a family and, you know, you have to balance obviously your family, um, court, and then, and then obviously working with, with slick barrier. And, and it's been, I mean, it's not easy. And that's why Aaron had to leave his job and work 100% uh, here and granted, you know, whatever hours I don't, I, I really can't put here. He's putting them for me. Um, but, but to be honest, it's, it's nice because for me, you know, Shark Tank is more of like, um, it's sort of like validation, right? Like, like we know our idea is awesome. We have patents. It's amazing. But, but Shark Tank is that validation. And for me, it's good because it's leading me to the point where I don't have to do, I don't have to continue being a lawyer. I can actually do this as my full-time, you know, job. And, and it's, it's really what, what I'm passionate about right now. It's hard to, you know, and that's the other thing. It's hard to even let people know uh, that I was going to be on Shark Tank because I don't want judges and, and my clients to see that I'm, you know, I'm on Shark Tank because then they're going to wonder, why is he not working on my case? And he's, you know, he's on Shark Tank. And so I finally had to tell, I remember I told one judge, I said, hey, I'm not going to be there because I have the Shark Tank that I'm filming. And, uh, or no, it was because it was airing. And I told him uh, we were doing a lot of media. And I told him I couldn't be available because I was going to be on Shark Tank on Friday. And uh, he, he had to tell everybody it was uh, – and they, they think it's pretty exciting. But for me, it's pretty much coming to an end that I can just do this entirely 100% of my time. 
that that is that is awesome yeah i could see that being uh a, a sticking point especially like hey you know what you're supposed to be helping me and doing my thing but you're you're running around being on shark tank you're doing going yeah. through the process of doing that and um yeah, I, I could I could see from a client standpoint, I could see it being a problem for the judge. You know, judge is like, hey, you know, I seen one, you know, one lawyer, I seen them all, right? Like, yeah. there's always somebody else new, but from a client that's paying, yeah, I, I could see it, you know, maybe being a problem, uh, or or them perceiving that that it's a problem, regardless of how you proceed to handle it. I had a voicemail on on Friday night, and it was a client, and he said, "Hey, congratulations on getting the deal. Now let's put time in my case and get me a deal." And so I was like, "I saved that for sure." It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that. So yeah, I mean, it's a delicate balance uh, that you were trying to strike there. And um, how did you guys go about coming up with your five hundred thousand for ten percent uh, initial offer? So I think for us, the the thing that we know is we've got you know strong intellectual property. You know that that's one thing that. Um, that we put a lot of our time and effort into, um, you know, developing our patents, but developing them in a way where they're focused on utility. So we could use, you know, different types of materials to create these, these pest barriers. Um, and once we started getting those and getting those approved, that's when we knew like the value was huge because we've seen the way people react to it. You know, have we had the budget to market the heck out of it and, and push it and all that no, no i mean we haven't we've done what we could with what we have but just the people that we've inter interfaced with um especially here locally in arizona where you know scorpions is a massive problem it's a huge problem it's a it's a it's a multi-million dollar problem that the pest control industry knows that they have out here and that people are really frustrated with me and him were frustrated with it. That's why we came up with the company. You know, my house was infested with these things and nobody, no professionals could figure out how to get them out. His son almost died, you know, in it, by a scorpion sting. So, you know, we, we, we knew that and we knew there was a lot of people with our same stories and issues. Um, but then all of a sudden we started working with other people in universities and really smart people and they started telling us like hey you could use this on rodents you could use this on roaches you could use this on this you could solve this problem for it this problem this problem and then once we got to that point we started working with these universities and they were doing our efficacy testing we we're just like holy cow this could really change the way people perceive and use pest control um so i think for us like we put in a lot of that work a lot of that effort and that's where we derived a lot of the value from for what we were asking, um, especially once we got these patents, you know, approved, which for us, we have a fantastic um, attorney that we've been working with that works in with chemicals, works with uh, with with coatings, I should say. Um, and he's been wonderful. And, and he was able to put us on the right track to collect these patents and um, basically put us in a position to where nobody else could design products that do this same type of thing and market them for this purpose without our permission. Um, and then that's where we derived a lot of the value from 
and I think that's what ended up getting us really the deal that we got on Shark Tank as it was. Mm. So that's so that's where you you came like so I mean so maybe I missed it, but the, that's where the five hundred thousand for ten percent kind of came out of was seeing the, the value of the patent, how big it could be. I mean, the scorpion thing. I have um, a couple friends that live in in like the the northern part of Texas and Arizona, uh, and yeah, I mean, I know that it's definitely not a, a small problem. Obviously, you guys uh, were dealing with that problem as well, and. Um, you know, I, I I I love the idea that it's not a pe- pesticide, especially as somebody who has a dog in the house, and and that is a a problem. That's one question I wanted to make sure I did ask. Was it, so I think in the video I asked like, is this safe? Like my dog goes up to like my my foundation and starts licking it. Is is that a problem? No. Once the product dries, I mean, obviously it has obviously once it dries, like yeah, blood or anything else, any other product you're going to put on wet, but. Once it dries, it doesn't release any chemicals. It doesn't have any pesticides in it. It's just it's strictly a coating. It's what it is. Hmm. And then uh, and and then it acts as a barrier system. Uh, it works with pesticides or without. Like we have studies that show that our barrier will actually increase the effective effectiveness of pesticides if you still continue to use them. I still use them. I'd be hypocritical if I told you I didn't. Um, but they do two separate things. You know, our product's strictly a barrier. It physically stops pests from entering structures, homes, um, outdoor objects, uh, you know, food silos for agriculture, uh, bird feeders, and we're talking all kinds of pests, rodents, lizards, squirrels, squirrels, Mm. iguanas. Um, We have people working with the product all over the country now for all these types of different issues, which we can talk about, like when we talk about the after effect of Shark Tank and what it's mm-hmm. what it's helped us learn. Um, you know, we've got all these people using them for, you know, trying to use it for woodpeckers out in California because you can't just, you know, kill a woodpecker. They're protected, you know, and, and it, but people don't want them on certain parts of their property or their homes when they can destroy stuff. And they and, they, and then, you know, at that point, they could, you know, accidentally um, get you know hurt or killed or something in that manner. Uh, same thing with like iguanas down in Miami. Like these things are huge problems, and they climb up uh, electrical poles and they cause power outages. So um, we've got a company out there working with the with the city trying to use our product to stop them from scaling these posts and this stuff and getting and and causing all this havoc. So um, so those were all the things, and we actually learned a lot of this stuff too after Shark Tank once it aired because we started getting a. Um, uh, questions from all over the country, all over the world. Like, hey, could this be used for this and this? And we're just like, yeah, we, we think so. We'd like you to try it, um, and we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, I I, I smile because of the all the um, grease the pole t shirts that we yeah. had here in Philly uh, because they they grease the poles. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, ironically, you guys are in Arizona, so uh, yeah. where, where the Super Bowl was. Did you guys get to go at all? No, too we, busy. Too busy, and we didn't think our investors would like us being at the Super Bowl. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> "Make us some money first, and then you know." Then we we're like, "All right, now we can go." Yeah, oh. we were honestly, we've been slammed since the episode aired. Like, we've been slammed since a week before the episode aired. So once the news got out here locally that we were going to be on the show. 
it, it just took off. Like it was just like we, we had all these plans. We were trying to get prepped for it. Uh, funny story. So they, they do let you know three weeks before, mm -hmm. right? But they sent us an email and we didn't get it. It went to our spam folders. So so all of a sudden, one of the guys reached out. They called Tony and they're like, hey, did you guys get our email? You're going to be on the show in two weeks. And we're like, <laughs> so we had to like rush to try to get things situated. And then we started all of a sudden the media just exploded out here in Arizona. Um about a week before the show aired and we were just scrambling to get orders filled to catch up with all the questions like it was it was uh, it was crazy and then it just started it just kept escalating and escalating and escalating until we got to the show and then all through the whole weekend and throughout and the week and it's just it's just kept going so like we literally just got caught up on orders yesterday Woo! And time to do this interview. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, uh, we, we had plans. Before we knew about the show, we were going to go to the Phoenix Open. We were going to try to go to the uh... Super Bowl. We were going to do all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden the show hit, and it's just like, nope, time to get to work. So, um, but, but these are all good problems. This, these, these are not complaints at all. These are good, good problems. Yeah, yeah. You know what else is a good problem? Jonathan Gannon. Congratulations, guys. You did it. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> he's not well beloved here, but I, I, I think he's under underappreciated, honestly. Uh here. <laughs> but I, I I think he might well, you know, he might do a good job. But he might be in he might be a bit of a jerk because he didn't, wasn't like public facing wise because he, he didn't do a whole lot of interviews here. He wasn't very talkative. So well, and, and Tony's a big Denver Broncos fan because he's uh, from that area. And uh, so so we were kind of like, we both wanted to get, I wanted to get um, um, uh, Peyton, uh, Peyton for here. Yeah, yeah. And then he wanted Peyton in Denver, and then they ended up getting him, which I figured they would because they got that Walmart money. So they probably gave him $30 million. <laughs> and then we ended up with the guy that lost the Super Bowl. So hopefully it works out. <laughs> Look, he does. He, he, the thing that people hated about him here was that he played soft defenses um, and that worked against bad quarterbacks. But whenever we played, you know, really good quarterbacks, it, it didn't work so well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good, good luck. I think. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, and, and like for me, I don't understand how you go from one young coach to another. I'm like, it just like, I don't get it. Like, why, why couldn't you just stick with this guy? Like I was okay with them sticking now. Now, granted, Aaron and I would go to games and we'd see our coach, oh. Cliff, and he was, so it was insane. He would be off, like, off on the sideline, away from everybody, just, like, thinking, or I don't know what he was doing. Never, never coming back and talking to the guys. He had no interaction with anyone. It was like mm -hmm. he was, the, like, he wasn't even part of that team. But but still, I, I'm, I still thought, you know, maybe one more year with him, but uh, we'll see. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, that probably didn't fit, sit well with, uh, the powers to be right. They like looking at it like, I mean, if you're noticing it, right. You would think that the person footing the bill is probably noticing it as well. And probably like, okay, well, we'll see. Like I'm willing to give, you know, enough rope to hang yourself with to, to see if this works. Maybe it's some genius move, you know, big brain move here and it's going to be amazing. And it wasn't, I guess, enough 
to make it worthwhile. But hey, Russell Wilson, baby, we could have had him too. Well, we everybody here wanted him, but like, God, I'm glad we didn't. We'll get trade him. you. Oh <laughs> God, no, you. no. Keep, I'll take keep, that other guy. Keep, keep him. Jalen is. They had a, you had a parade for him here today. They had. Yeah. We didn't get a Super Bowl parade, but we had a Jalen Hurts parade because everybody is so happy, so happy that they've overlooked the fact that he fumbled. The, the, I don't know if you guys got to watch the Super Bowl at all, so, you know, being so busy, but fumbling the ball in the beginning of the game, which he doesn't normally—that's not a thing for him—happened in that game. I could, I, I could talk for twenty minutes about all the things that went wrong in that <laughs> game uh, for a for a number of different things, not just like just the reps or just the crappy field. What is up with your field down there? God, that was horrible to watch. I, I don't know. That that was pretty bad. You know, it's supposed to be a natural turf too, so I don't I don't know yeah. what was with it. I don't know if they overwatered it or what. The, they left it outside. It's been raining. I mean, I'm, I'm going back and rewatching it. I'm like, the, these guys are slipping on the field, and it's like, no wonder they had to play soft. They had to play extra soft because it's like, if they did man, you know, man on man, you're going to get burnt. Like you're reacting, and the only way you're going to react is if you can get your foot planted. If you can't get your foot planted, you end up on the ground. Guess what? Yeah. You just gave up a touchdown on, on a, you know, on a ball that might not have been, you know, twenty yard, a twenty yard pass or fifteen yard pass or something. Anyway. Anyway, let's get to the big show, which is you guys walking down the hall. How are you feeling when you started your your uh, your path down the hall there? I mean, to be honest, we had we had did so many practices with our producers that um, as we're walking down, like I don't know if we were necessarily nervous. I don't. I wasn't too nervous, but what they don't show is at the very beginning. When I start, I stumbled and then I was like, okay, like waiting for them to say start again. And they didn't say start again. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to keep going. And, uh, and, and, and at that point I started getting nervous. Cause I was like, I mean, I, I do closing arguments in my sleep. Like I don't, I don't need help with public speaking, but I, man, I fumbled my words or something and then it threw Aaron off and oh my gosh. But, uh, but the producers like that's what you don't. Wait, that's what's funny. You're there for like 45 minutes or an hour, and you don't know what they're gonna show. And then they move things around, like some stuff that happened here. They put it before, and um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Aaron was nervous, but one thing we did is we really wanted Lori. And so the one thing we did, both of us, I think, is when we walked out, we both had our eyes on Lori. Like we didn't look at any. I just had my eyes on her because she said. Before that's one thing that she picks up on are are these guys interested in me and if they are they're going to give me eye contact and so you yeah Aaron and me we're real creepy staring at her you know <laughs> pick me pick me you know it's 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 funny that you say that because one of the most popular episodes here on the channel is the one with the doctor. Um, easy easy c pack i think it is uh and and the whole chauvinistic comment and all yes. that um you know a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about it. and i i try to split the because like we, you know it is 45 minutes an hour maybe even longer that we didn't get to see i like to think and I, i'm pretty sure i said in that video i like to think that the producers weren't misrepresenting anything um because it, it it's almost like kind of a 
I don't want to say it's like a throwaway episode, but it's just like it's just a moment in an episode, right? Of it within a bigger scheme of seasons, right? So it's like, you know, I, I would like to think that they didn't mis- misrepresent the situation by editing it to make it look a certain way or anything like that. But you just you just don't know, right? And I couldn't find anything to the contrary. But even the answers that were given was like, oh man, like just not real solid like the words coming out of your mouth is not real like convincing uh even if it is edited uh i i wasn't feeling it and a lot of other people weren't feeling it but yes so so staring right at Lori, giving her that attention googly um, eyes to googly (laughs) you know i i think you know would definitely go a long way uh in in her book especially after something like that and who knows how many other examples of that have happened to her that they never put in the episode right like that's just one example that that made it into the episode because that might have been the thing that saved it that ever everyone the reason they even got to be on shark tank you just you just don't know right? right um so yeah, I, I so so going into it, you guys were like you were honed in wanting Lori to, to why 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 Lori? What what about her or what she brings to the table made her attractive for your business? I I thought I mean she's obviously a product person, so she she knows product packaging, um, just all those little details that you need distribution, and it's a lot. Like we learn every day how difficult and how how much effort it takes to to produce product produce it properly package it properly ship it properly like there's a lot of logistical stuff that you have to figure out so so you know i knew that that she knew that part of the business um for me you know i knew that our weak point was going to be um uh, was going to be some of our financials, like like in the amount of money we had spent versus what we'd made. And I knew um, some of those sharks weren't going to particularly like that. You know, Mr. Wonderful being a, a prime example where I, 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 I felt that like just from watching the show that he's just going to zero in on that 100%. Um, and then that's going to be difficult for him to overcome. I felt like with Lori Damon that we had like a shot of overcoming that, that they could kind of see through that and pass that a little bit more than some of the other sharks could. Um, so that's why I was really bullish on her. Those two main factors, I think for me, um, I just felt like, Hey, I think she's going to get our best shot. And then we had watched an episode um, and I can't remember exactly what the product name was, but it was a pest control product. And uh, Mr. Wonderful had kind of taken it from her. And we had kind of seen that and we're like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to make her a little bit more anxious to maybe get into it this time with pest control. Because it looked like she was disappointed she didn't get that deal done that particular time. It was some kind of powdery kind of stuff that you had to put down around the house or something hmm. um, similar to what you know, pest control companies do. So, so nothing that's like really kind of different like ours was. So that was the other reason why I felt like I think she could be a good fit. And like, she would be like, Hey, you know, I want to really try it with these guys and see if it, if it'll work. Um, and that was the main reason for me. So, uh, is there, uh, any reason that why you end up pulling up Mr. Wonderful rather than, than Lori? 
when I don't, it comes to I think, being I think the up producer on the, suggested it, right? Or, the, the producers, um, we we had gone back and forth on it, and they had. I think they had originally said maybe Robert, and then I think they said maybe we'll bring up Robert and Lori, and then they came up with this idea where they're, they're just like, well, Mister Wonderful likes to call everybody cockroaches, so why don't we bring him up? And then Aaron, you tell him he's going to meet a bunch of friends of his. Um, and then we pull the top off like I'm doing right there. And then we show him all his friends that <laughs> I guess he met. <laughs> but, it, but it was funny because when he walked up, like he didn't walk up to us right away. They cut a lot of this out. Like, like they, they almost like kind of cut into our pitch. It was pretty wild. Mm. And then we called him up. And then he came up and he went to the rats right away and he starts doing like his shtick, you know, like he's a comedian and he's like talking to the rats and talking to the, <laughs> and like, Hey, I speak rad and like this stuff. And, and then he, he's doing his thing up there and they're all laughing at him. And then we finally got him close to where the roaches were so I could pull the top off and finish up the pitch. So they kind of cut like a bunch of stuff out, like right here, right before he walks up. But it was it was based off of their suggestion. They're just like, hey, let's just do it with uh, with Mister Wonderful and get him up there. No, I mean it makes sense. I, I you know, I, and uh, you know, to have the uh, the comments, uh, you know, the cockroach comments and things like that, and the rat comments. Uh, he he definitely um, fit the bill <laughs> for sure. The but one it, funny the one okay. funny thing I, I tell about that, which obviously they didn't show, was. You know, because it was scorpions, they don't uh, they they didn't want him standing on the scorpions for liability reasons and insurance and all that stuff. So they made it clear to us that under no circumstances do we allow Mr. Wonderful to stand on the scorpions. Like we're not we're, we're not allowed to do that. They said if he tries, stop him. And and so sure enough, when I unveiled the scorpions. All of a sudden, there he goes, and he starts trying to stand up on the blocks. And so Aaron's grabbing him and like pulling him off and saying, "You're not allowed. You're not allowed to climb on those." And uh, and he's just like, you know, confused. But it was just the funniest thing, Aaron pulling him off. Yeah, kind of grabbed him by the back of his suit, and I sort of pulled him <laughs> back. I was like, "No, <laughs> we were told not to let you close to those." I think that's so interesting. They let you guys be the the uh, ba- the the slick barriers to uh, you know having Mister Wonderful protect him- himself from himself. <laughs> but but you know one thing that that your viewers need to know, and maybe maybe you guys have talked about this before, but um, but it's a business. I mean, it's Shark Tank and and who owns it, and all the way down to Disney. It's like. They want to make sure that everyone is is protected. They want to make sure that um, it's clean, that it's funny and those things. But they really take a lot of effort to try to make sure things are done in a way where they're not um, where, where they're not necessarily dangerous. But at the same time, um, you know, they, even with us, like they weren't even sure if they wanted us to stand on the scorpions. Um, because they, they had to like really do research and we had to re- share a lot of stuff with them. Uh, but they were very careful. Yeah. We had handlers that they had, that they made us use, mm-hmm. made us pay for, <laughs> and we had to pay for them, but, uh, but they, they were, you know, pretty well protected with it. Um, cause originally it was sort of like, I mean, we wanted to do it and the producers wanted to do it and they were, they kept going kind of back and forth of it. They would really let us do it. 
And then finally, they're just like, all right, we'll let you guys do it. And we can let the sharks stand on the cockroaches, but don't let any of the sharks near the scorpions at all, please. That was the big thing that they told us. Wow. You know, it, yeah. I mean, look, it is, it is absolutely a business, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money uh, involved and, and passing through the show. And um, that's, yeah, I, obviously that you want everybody to, to be safe. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the, uh, to, to having scorpions, cause like, well, even just having animals on set, like they got to have like this, like, I don't think I saw a disclaimer, like no animals were hurt in the making of this episode. Uh, no, I don't think they said, right. Am I, I don't, I mean, I might've missed it because I'm, when I'm shooting this on the night of it airing, I don't, I'm not like watching the, the opening credits or anything or the, the ending credits. So, I mean, I, maybe I should go back and look at that, but, um, but that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, having a, a, you know, they should be disclaiming that they had handlers there to take or I'm sorry, you guys had handlers there Mm -hmm. to, to take care of that's that end of it. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, I I love the fact that he was at least willing to to get on uh, the thing, and he was willing to stand on with the scorpions and and not get uh, not get stung. That's that um very interesting. Well, he's willing to do whatever it takes to make good TV too. So yeah, he probably saw him was like, ooh, this this might be a uh, you know a memeable moment or a you know a, a viral moment here that we can create. Me stand on top of scorpions like that, but um. But anyway, so going through the show, um, you know, you you guys know that you were looking towards Lori to get it. Um, Five hundred thousand for ten percent is a lot. I mean, it's not very often that she's done deals that big, uh, at least on her own. Uh, I, in fact, I don't know that I can think of one um, that is, you know, in the 500, regardless of the percentage of $500,000 deal, maybe, maybe there's like one or two out there that she's done um, that I can't think of off the top of my head. But, uh, but you know, that, that, the, you know, once you get to that level of amount of money, it's tough to get any shark on board. Um, so, so, you know, once, once everyone's, you know, others start going out, um, and I, oh, before I get there, I, I, I appreciated the fact that you guys showed up with your, your proof, uh, your, your, um, uh, oh, what are those things called? The, 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 oh, the yeah, tests. The, we had the, the, the efficacy studies. Ev- yeah. Studies, uh, from, from those and, and, and knew right away, like get it in Mark's hands. Cause otherwise Mark's going to be like yelling F bombs and stuff that, you, you know, you guys are, are not, it's not real or whatever. So that was a good move on your part. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and, and honestly, like a lot of Mark didn't share a lot, uh, or I guess the producers didn't include a lot of what Mark actually talked about uh, during the actual filming. But um, but he gave us like fantastic advice. And, uh, you know, and and a lot of it we've even implemented. Um, so it's it, he, he did a really good job at like evaluating us in, in the short time that he had and giving us free advice. So yeah, we were willing to take it. And they, they were all real cordial with us. I mean, more so than what the, the actual um, the, the actual airing showed. They were all very cordial with us. Like like they, they were fighting with each other. Like it is like a shark tank. Like they are they're going at each other. Um, and they're going back and forth, back and forth. And uh, but they were all very cordial with us. They all really liked the idea. They all really liked the concept. Um, 
you know, they didn't all drop out in a row like it showed on the show. Um, it was it was much more spaced out. Um, Damon and Robert and Lori were in it to the very end, um, you know, so it, it didn't like kind of all happen all at once like that. And then uh, Mark was out first. He was out early like it showed on the show. Um, but his big thing was how we and I think they did show it on there. How the we were making our money. Which I have questions about as well, Um, because I don't think, you know, in the in the time in which because you also got to remember when I filmed these, I'm filming them in order and it just gets later and later and later as it, you know, as I'm filming each video. Um, So I I didn't quite get the because it was like, okay, so it's like fifty dollars a can, a hundred dollars, two gallons to do a house. um, And then the the four you were like, it's fourteen hundred dollars to get. The, you know, to have somebody code it. And I'm like, that is a lot of intensive like hours there. If you're, if you're able to charge $1,400 for something where your, your cost of goods is a hundred bucks. Like, wow. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Cause I, I, I found myself a little confused on the math there or not the math, but just, just understanding what else was going into it that I, I was missing from that conversation. Well, I think the best way to look at it is is um, how much you have to pay to paint your house. You know, if you actually took the cost of the paint, you're probably purchasing a few hundred dollars, maybe three hundred dollars to paint your house, but you're going to pay seven, eight thousand dollars to actually get the house painted. Um, so the labor is really what's what costs a lot um, when it comes to actually doing it and doing the it on the service side of it. Um, and I think, you know, Mark saw that and he was just like, well, you guys should be getting a bigger cut of that pie. He's like, why are you guys just selling the product? And we had gone through the whole service side of it and we had done it for a while. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, the, the cost of goods when you're running a service company are extremely high. You know, you're talking insurance, gas, um, you know, uh, labor, um, workers, comp, workers, comp, yeah. um, employee tax, <laughs> employee tax. It is. It, yeah. The, the, the ticket number is huge compared to like what you would sell basically, um, directly to consumers. Um, but the costs are extremely high. Now, with that being said, I think he had a, a point there and we actually took that back. That was one of the things that we took back. Him and Lori had mentioned, you know, two similar things in that in that aspect. And we took that to heart. And we've, you know, worked on, um, uh, you know, working with the other service companies and uh, doing more service, but in a way that's more like business centric, while still doing the product and getting the product out. Um, and then to go back to the product pricing, the other interesting thing that happened between now and then is we were working on new versions of the product right when it first right when we filmed back in September so a lot of our uh, costs were kind of in flux and and we were still waiting for some of our testing to get back so now we we actually uh, sell the product you know differently than the way we were pitching it on the show Um, we're actually using less product for the do-it-yourselfers um, but we actually have a little bit of a higher price point um, for the product itself because of the the testing and the way um, it came out um, with the durability of it and, and how long it lasts and then the ability to just 
kind of redo the coding every few years um, and then make that that process a lot more inexpensive and a little bit easier for the do-it-yourselfer. So mm -hmm. it was it was an interesting time in that we were still figuring out a lot of this stuff. But, you know, when they say, hey, you're going to get a shot at Shark Tank, you just got to go for it and give them what you got and then realize that things are probably going to change. And they, they have since then. Yeah, no, and and look, those are I mean, those are all great um, reasons for it to be, you know, fourteen hundred dollars. I guess my question combined with that was, how did how did Mark feel that you should collect that extra cash on the back end? Well, what happens from is the we, installer? We have so we have a we have a patent, and, and so we have we have multiple patents, and so we basically control how people can do this service, right? So like. I mean, you, you can, we sell product, we created product because there's no product on the market. Um, but if any company were to use a clear coating, like Aaron said a while ago, or even a dry film, and they use it for pest control, they would be in breach of our, of our patent, so they would need to license it from us. And so technically, every time a pest control company does this service, in a sense, they're buying the product from us, but we're also granting them a license to do this work. Do so, so Mark was like, why aren't you guys charging them a percentage of whatever they're making? Instead of, you know, you're selling them product, you're making maybe $50 on a gallon. He's like, why aren't you taking like 20% off of their cut from what they're charging their customers because you have that intellectual property? And, and he's right. And we had thought about that before, um, but you know, I mean, that's why we're on Shark Tank. We, we want, we want to be able to bounce those ideas off of, but I think that's what he was getting to. And I think the other thing that is difficult for people to comprehend, and I totally get it is, you know, the time and the effort and the costs of the intellectual property, hmm. you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars it costs to get a patent, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars it costs to get these custom made products made by chemists, you know, um, there's a lot of development and R and D that goes into it. You know, it's, it's always difficult. I think, you know, for a company like ours to go on like shark tank and they're going to take a little snippet and they're going to say like, how much does it cost you? And we're, and we're just like, well, it costs us this much, but yeah, how much yeah. money have we put into it over all the years? And, and not to mention all the time we've put into it, just to get to that point when there was literally nothing on the market that did what we wanted to do. So you have to kind of incorporate some of those costs into it. The university and the efficacy testing. I mean, that stuff isn't free. Uh, it takes a lot of time, money, and effort to get those testing together. I mean, we literally hired a person to work on our patent for an entire year where she, she basically, all she did was just figure out exactly exactly how smooth how hard um how all these coatings would have to work out in the field to where we had a a, a robust patent application that was about 60 pages long wow. so so um th those are a lot of the costs that i think a lot of people don't see and it's easy for for them to just to look at like well hey it cost you guys 50 bucks to make why, why are you selling it for 150 and you're just like well here's the thing you know and, and uh, I, I had gotten into it with Damon on that too. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't show that piece of it, but yeah, <laughs> they, uh, but, but those are the things, you know, and, and, and they're trying to make it consumable for people. They're trying to, you know, like Tony said, like they, 
they even kind of cut it and change stuff around and push things back and forth to, to make it as dramatic as possible. And they did a fantastic job. I, I thought it was a, an amazing episode. We were watching it at my house and everybody was like gasping, um, you know, probably because we were emotionally attached to it because obviously it's, it's, it's me. But like it was it was pretty cool what they did. Um, but it but that's a lot of the Hollywood part of it. And, uh, and a lot of times you don't see all the effort and the energy it takes just to get to that point. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. The, um, yeah, I mean, look, an iPhone costs what $15 to make or something. This should be, should be basically free. Right. Uh, but obviously it's the research and development that goes into it. That, that is the, uh, the, the real cost that isn't factored in when you're just breaking down part by part by part. So, um, yeah, no, all, all that. I mean, all that makes a lot of sense. But I could, I could also see why on your front, on your end, you know, when you're trying to gain market share, the last thing an installer wants to hear is, "Hey, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I just sold this to you for like fifty bucks. I need twenty percent on top of that too. Uh, you know, of what you're doing, business you're doing, um, where it could be like a barrier to entry for them to want to go and promote it. You know, if if it's because it's something new, it's something that's not like every. You know, people, there's an education process. To, to sell it to customers um, for mm-hmm. them to, to understand. And like that takes a salesperson to actually want to, to go and do that. Um, yeah. So, you know, so I could totally see where on your end, it's like, yeah, we, we should get a cut of that. We have the patent. We have every right to go and do that. Um, but maybe we shouldn't at least out of the gate because we want people to take the product. We want people to take it, you know, and, and run with it. So we get, you know, people coming back and, and building a, a, a sustainable business, not just a one time, you know, we got a you know, handful of sales from this person and this other company sold a handful, a handful of times. Um, and, and it's, you're not like actually able to go and build those relationships with those installers. Cause they're like, yeah, I got to give a big cut. So it's cost even more. And, you know, and, and they, they got to figure out again, their salespeople have to go and be able to sell it. So it's just, you know, the more it costs, the more it's like, eh, you know, I've never heard of this before. It's a new thing, but now it's on Shark Tank. It's like, oh, it's valid. You know, big validation stamp on it. Um, so going, uh, like you were saying, going through uh, the different sharks and having a, 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 you know, obviously they have to make it dramatic. They're the world uh, class producers and editors that are working on this show. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you you enjoyed the the final cut and the way that it you know it it all came out. Uh, and now getting to Lori's deal, uh, bringing it like full circle back to Lori, uh, from the beginning, the, you know, I, I didn't personally love the way that it was, you know, her offer was structured. I felt like it was, um, I don't, I don't know what the proper word is, but maybe a little bit of a cop out to be like, Hey, you know, I'll give you 500,000, but like only a hundred thousand of it's like actual money. Um, 